This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So, see mcdonalds.com for full details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good uh, evening and welcome to the Alien Vale podcast. Um, probably the most pointless re- preview of the season because, let's be fair, unless overnight the sun starts shining, um, the game is probably going to be off. So we've gone down a different route and got a guest on. So first, I'm joined by birthday boy himself. He's 63, Daniel Beresford. Yeah, 63. Tell yeah. You. Yeah, that story comes. I told Johnny before we come on out, I've been my brothers after work for a birthday cake and we've got candles, three and six, because obviously 36. So I gave him the youngest nephew, who's six years old, and says, which way round do these go, Uncle Dan? Says, are you 36 or 63? Come on. Yeah. I'm sorry. When he's down. He's obviously been seeing your music taste, hasn't he? Yeah, to be fair. Probably. 60-year-old, ain't you? To be fair, Saturday night after the veil, should it be on, which is unlikely. But if not, we'll go straight there. I've got Elvis Saturday night. Have you? Have you resurrected him for your birthday? Elvis isn't dead. I saw him in Benidorm the other week. (laughs) I was going to say, I heard him on the radio. Yeah. But no, this is Gordon Hendricks. He's on at the King's All Stoke Saturday night. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah. Went last Christmas. a great show. And obviously, I love Elvis. Um, Going again this Saturday. Going in this Saturday, and music's going to be the theme of this pod because we're joined by local celebrity. I'm going to I'm going to drop the C bomb and lead singer of band All the Young. They're playing in Kiel tomorrow night, so if you've got nothing to do, there's still tickets left. So get yourself down because they are mint. Ryan, how are you doing, Ryan? Very good. How are you doing, boys? Yeah, good. Yeah. If you have got something to do, just cancel it and go Kiel anyway. Yeah, or do that. <laughs> Yeah, well, our gig won't be snowed off like the Vale is evidently looking like it will be, so. They've got eating at Keel, man. 
Yeah, <laughs> undersoil, Dan, undersoil. Undersoil, that's what we need. That's what we need. <laughs> You'll be fine. But uh, how is, um, how's the season been treating you so far, right? Because obviously majority of the time you're out in Denmark, aren't you still? So um, this is probably warm for you now, is it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's still pretty brass monkeys here when I go off the plane, I'll be honest. But it's, it's always like one or two degrees colder in Denmark because it's the same... It's the same um, climate as the Shetland Islands, so it's similar, but that little bit more kind of tough, you know, a little, little bit frostier. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I'm pretty impressed actually. It's, it's it's quite Scandinavian the weather is over here. I come come off the plane, I was like, yikes. When did but, you uh, get here, right? Hey, I got here this morning. Oh, right, you bet it at the coldest point then. Yeah, yeah, you're having a bit of a cold snap. Because it's yeah. really easy to me, so we've just done the UK tour, um, and a lot of people thought I might have stayed over here, but yeah, I, I always dash over to, back to Denmark when I can. But um, just to answer Johnny's point, though, he was uh, talking about the season. The last time I spoke to you, lads, I didn't actually speak to you. I left you one of those little voicemails directly after Wembley, feeling very, very rough indeed, shall I say, and that was literally the last time I kind of checked in with the podcast. It was, and um, that's been a, a six months to remember since. It does. So, it's interesting. What was on your voicemail? Can you remember? Because Johnny had listened to that one. Yeah, it was me uh, saying Mal Benning scored in the 86th when I think it was, oh, oh I think I said 81st. I definitely got the minute wrong and I realised afterwards. But <laughs> I, the first version that I recorded and sent you was the best one. There was a few anomalies in it, with Benning's goal being one of them. But then I tried to, if you, I was losing my voice and I was like, I was just getting more wrong over the more and more I did it. I thought, just send him that first one. Who cares what minute you scored? Vale are going up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So when you come over for Wembley, did you come over for the day or did you come over for a few days? Or I came over for the weekend and uh, I, I went to meet Uddersfield the next day. Um, nice. Because I, I know some Uddersfield lads, Brody and the, and the gang. And uh, they, they did something interesting. They went up to Kingston and walked into Wembley, which was you know, it felt like I was with them for a bit, and then the closer they got to Wembley, I thought, I can't go back there. I'm going back. I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, just kind of sweated the day out with them. It was never going to top the day before, was it? What a day that was. No, no yeah, incredible. So good. And they were just so amazing. So, let's talk a little bit about this season, because obviously you watch us as and when you can in Denmark. So, what... We finished Wembley, 3-0 winners. We're going into League One. Realistically, what were your expectations for now? We're middle of December. Where did you expect the Vale be now at that point? I'd have been happy with 14th, you know, and the ninth in the league as it stands. Um, I've been to a couple of games. I went to Derby away. And you oh, boys are going to crucify me for this. Oh, amazing. And, and, and I was right by the Derby fans in the, for the first bit. Because I was so busy. And listen to this, you're going to crucify me, you two are. <laughs> I've got a load of Derby mates and I didn't message any of them because I was so tied up with band stuff because we were just finalising some of the singles and videos and stuff like that. And I left them alone and then I kind of came to me like a week later and I thought, it's not the same now, is it? Didn't even send that silence of the Rams pick out. Nothing. But I had an amazing day. It was incredible. And it was yeah. amazing. Amazing to see Wilson score, you know, like he did. And just the game turn around in the second half. It was incredible. Yeah, that that for me is away day of the season so far, Derby. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, atmosphere-wise, it was kind of... I don't want to say, oh, it was like going Wembley, but, you know, Derby are a big club, uh, and uh, 
just the, the atmosphere in the away end had connotations of Wembley a little bit at times, you know, just that everyone was just singing and, you know, and they were giving us that much as well. They were singing Champions of England, you'll never sing that, all yeah. stuff like that. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, I was worried in the first half. I thought, you know, and just, I don't, it's easy to not get intimidated because they're all about 15, some of these lads by me, but, you know, they were champions of England at one time. It was, a, it was always in my calendar, a bit like Sheffield Wednesday away. I can't go to that one, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, you know, there's a big difference coming up to this league um, in more ways than one. We can talk about that a little bit, I mean, especially in some of the quality, of the go- some of the goals that have been scored past us as well, I've noticed. So, like, like, like the two goals against MK uh, Dons away, when we lost 2-1, I don't think they were that good, really, as a team, but they scored two pretty decent finishes. One of them was amazing. Same with Wickham as well, a few, uh, four or five games uh, ago. Uh, it was 2-2. I don't think Wickham did much at all other than score two goals from out, outside the box, like, so... That brings was, uh, it on to an interesting point, Ryan. Johnny, join in with this. Obviously, you'll have listened to Clark's interviews and that, and he's given the keepers a bit of stick for conceding goals outside the box, and I think some of them have been savable, some haven't. Where do you stand yeah. on the goalkeeping situation at the moment? Um, I mean, I, I love a new lad, teams, and he's amazing, so it's... Uh, uh, it's it's been a bit harsh on Stone. I mean, I'm not really. I I, I just think we're we're up against better quality in this league in general. Um, the goal, like the Sheffield Wednesday goal at home, it yeah. was, uh, you know, stuff like that. that. That stuff didn't happen in League Two as much. You know what I mean? So it's uh, like I mean, like I say, I, I watch a lot of it on iPlayer, and I get this kind of match of the day view of it. You like, and you know, I'm not. I'm, I wouldn't call myself an expert on anything, but. Sometimes I'm just like paying, oh, we're 1-0 down. Wow. I mean, we weren't playing badly. We weren't playing greatly, but now we're 1-0 down. Yeah. You know, and that's, I definitely think that's what, it's one of the more noticeable things since coming up from League Two, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Johnny, where are you on the goalies at the moment? They just frustrate the shit out of me. And, like, part of it is what Rise just said, the fact that we are coming up against better quality players. But I think for... For the fact of how many goals from outside the area we are conceding, can you put it down to that? Because these players should at least be scoring one or two against other other teams as well. And I don't know, you watch the highlights a lot more than me. I'm I'm very I'm very flaky. I only watch them if we've won or if yeah. Burton because then I get made to watch them. Um, which thankfully hasn't really happened much this season. Um, but Victor, if you're listening, that the bed's warm. I'm ready for you, Vic. Leave Victor alone. There you but, go. Uh, Seth's been kicked out of bed for him. But no, watching back the Bristol highlights, and I obviously I stood by you with the Bristol game at last weekend, Johnny, and their yeah. goal, we both said goalie should have done better. Looking back, I stand by that. Goalie should have done better. His positioning was awful. He left the goal wide open that side. He wasn't in a good starting position for me. The position he started from, he probably can't get there, but it's because of a poor starting position. And then when... Collins won the ball from Forrester on the day. We both said no foul, actually. Forrester's just been weak there and their lad's stronger. Looking back, it's a stonewall foul. Their lad jumped straight into the back of Forrester. Not going for the ball, just jumps into him. And it was a foul. So we should have had a foul there and never got it. Yeah, I think we, we, we've kind of already said this season a few times, though, haven't we, that things even themselves out pretty quickly. We, we've probably had a penalty recent, uh, two penalties recently that weren't given at yeah, Plymouth. Plymouth. Yeah, yeah. Is, is, is that the sort of 
karma, justice type thing? Is is that our way of turning it round, sort of thing? So I do believe football's a funny old game in that sense. Mm. And um, who would that play, Johnny? Me and Rai both said Derby best away day so far this season. None of us were at Plymouth. Derby better than Plymouth? Atmosphere, yes, because obviously Saturday, like there was a lot more. Well, it felt like there was a lot more fans at Derby, but there wasn't a lot more. But there Plymouth, there was about twenty eight thousand at Derby. On the what was the fifteen at Plymouth? Fifteen at Plymouth, yeah, but I, it was, it was nearly double. Nearly double. In, in, terms of, in terms of quality, Plymouth's a much better win, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I was very surprised by that, to be honest. I was a bit embedded in the World Cup. And then to see that... I mean, really nice to see Conlon score, but with his head, again, strangely. Uh, and also Wilson. I don't know, that that, 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 that quite surprised me, that did. Um, Although Willow's playing in the first, isn't he? Willow's having both against Plymouth. Well, I couldn't tell. I'm glad you said that, you know, because I've just kind of gone, oh, Conlon scored with his head. But then I watched it, and I, I watched that on YouTube because... I think I had quite an heavy night after, I think it was England-Wales or something that kind of polluted that game for me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't tell who scored. He kind of just went, oh, it's in, great. No, you know, so. Yeah, they both of- ran off well, celebrating, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, Willow's had it. Okay. Well, we, think, we think he has anyway. Willow said he was having it, didn't he? But yeah. I, I can't rather that, though, with that kind of goal, because it just shows that Wilson's back amongst... What he's best at doing. Um, and, and everyone's give it Willow. Sky, you know, they give it Willow. The Football League give it Willow on who they said uh, scored. And we've heard nothing since to say he's been taken off him. OK. Uh, I think, I think, yeah, proper striker's goal, six-yard six box, put, put anything on it. But, yeah, no, like, performance-wise, we were, we were much better against Plymouth. But Plymouth I, I would have made a side, weren't they? I know Plymouth fans weren't uh, impressed with how they played. I thought they were a good side on the night. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they were. And I, th- I think what impressed me most was the fact that, like, against Derby, we kind of... We, we shit out a win a little bit. Yeah, because, we did. Sure. Yeah, Smithy, Smithy did what Smithy's been really good at this yeah. season. But yeah, we also, I was about to say that. Yeah, we also grounded out a lot and defended really well, where against Plymouth, we... We kept the kept the attack, and then it was only really the last five, ten minutes, maybe, maybe that we we settled in. So, and we've we got two penalties again against Derby as well after not getting for so long. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it, it felt like the ref was on our side a bit for a change. But yeah, I, like I say, uh, it, I'd have to agree with the Plymouth win. Yeah. yeah. Although Derby, as much as we did shit out to win a bit, I thought we were the better side on the day. Yeah. Yeah. Second off, we were. I don't think. I don't think over the course of ninety minutes we were realistically. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think they sat back and just the only time they looked dangerous was hitting us on the break. For me, they never controlled play or anything. Yeah, mm, I, but I, to be fair, that that's something that's been held against them quite recently under Warren as well. So I don't know if his his magic is similar to one of their managers that um, only does well at a certain club. Say that. Look at France at the World Cup. They've just sat back and let teams attack them and hit them on the break, and they're now in a second World Cup final, aren't they? Yeah, but yeah. they've got Olivier Giroud up front, so that, that's why that happens. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm not that way inclined, but he's a sexy bloke, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he is, isn't he? Even, even now with his bit of grey and great grey coming in there, he's just. Like, did you see when he got subbed last night and like the lad was giving him a bit of grief trying to push him off and he just gave him that little that little smirk as if to say, 
I really don't care what you're doing right now. Look at me. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Johnny. Giroud or Connor Hall, which one are you having? Giroud. He can play football at the minute. Right, which one are you going for? Well, I'm going to throw uh, the drummer of all the young into this because Olivier Giroud is the only guy with a sharper jawline and you could cut cheese with Mikey's jaw. So I'm going to say Giroud. Only because he reminds me of Marky, but I'm like, oh, you're just that little bit more handsome than our Marky, aren't you? And that is saying something. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry if you're listening, Marky. Marky's a big Vale fan as well, so love to you, brother. I'll take hands for myself, don't worry. (laughs) But but listen, lads, one thing I wanted to say, I I want to hear your opinion on this. So, like, watching from afar, um, one of the things, I mean, we know what Vale fans can be like. One of the things last year that really got on my got my wick, was some of the the flack that Warrell would receive. Playing in that 3-5-2, and yes, it wasn't comfortable, and yes, tracking back is not his game. I, I think what I'd like, I've kind of, you know, I stay off Twitter a little bit. I don't get involved in all the Myver as much. But it has to be said about Warrell, you know, he, he probably has only got 60, 70 minutes in him at a time now. Um, but... The fact that his quality is still shining through in League One, and I think quite obviously in some of the games I've watched, it, you know, it's not, you know, it's 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 just decent league football playing. Considering some of the flack he got in League Two, when we're playing in League Two, the fact how much at home he's looked in League One, I've almost, you know, I think some fans need to be a little bit of a pie about that, to be honest, because I don't think he got completely hammered. And I think in the final as well, the playoff final, he, you know, he, he was so involved in everything. And that was like Warrell at his peak. And he did have some bad games last year. But one of the most refreshing things for me to see is to see that Dave Warrell is good enough to be in League One, which proves he's more than good enough to be in League Two, which proves that sometimes some of our fans can, you know, they get on players' backs a bit too much, I think. I don't know what your kind of thoughts are on that. Yeah, was was got quite a bit of stick at midpoint of last season, didn't he? Yeah. And I think, I think what we've seen this season from him is that what, what, is is he the second highest chance creator in all side behind Gavin Massey that we find yeah. out last week? Um, no, 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 which, I didn't see that. Yeah, there was sort of some either I think I think Andy might have mentioned it that he'd seen yeah. a start. Uh, but yeah, he, he's he's still creating chances, and like you say, I think I think he has probably only got seventy minutes in him. But yeah, exactly. I, I so, think sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's not even needed, but it's just nice for me to see. I'm like, there's there's League One quality in that player, you know, and and I think yeah, I think people lost sight of that a bit last year. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you. I wish he was five years younger. I really do. But even at the age he is now, he's not that old. You know, I'm not writing him off. But when he's on the pitch, and I think why we've probably appreciated him a little bit more this year is the fact that he hasn't been able to play every game, and you probably realise yeah. what you're missing when he's not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he makes a cameo and, you know, some of the balls he puts in the box are unbelievable. I don't know if you've been able to watch any of the pizza games over there, right? The Barnsley yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, well, it's all about goal against. Uh, there's a, there's yeah. a guy who, uh, there's a Barnsley fan I know. He owns the English bar in town. And he's a Barnsley fan. I mean, he, he's the kind of Barnsley fan that's gutted that they're not still in the Premier League. So I'm like, hey, yeah. you played there on the week? And he's like, oh, did we? Do you know what I mean? But, um. <laughs> I sent him the Warrell goal from the Papa John's game. Um, yeah, you know, like I say, he's not. He's, he, he, I don't think he's he's one of our best players right now. But I just, it's yeah, it's it, it's refreshing to see that he's got 
the kind of quality that's needed, even against, you know, some of the better sides in League One. Yeah, definitely. And I think you mentioned it on the review of the Bristol game, Johnny, which I didn't get on because it was at Manchester Airport. But did I tell you I saw at Manchester Airport? You, you did. Yeah. Obviously, I saw my auntie Mario was picking up from there. But Phil Foden, Phil Foden was at Manchester Airport last Sunday when I was picking him up. So, yeah. saw him there. Obviously, wish I hadn't because I wish he was still in Qatar. But there we go. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think you said... The, the formation kind of stifled Waddles attacking a little bit because obviously yeah. we're playing with wingers up front. We're playing three up top and it kind of stops him going all the way. And I do think he does a bit. I think the 5-3-2 suits Waddle because his work rate is immense. Yeah. And then he can get forward and put quality into the box. And when Massey come, people said maybe he got more quality going in the box. And I don't think he has. I think Waddle's still got the highest quality yeah. that we've got going in the box, obviously assuming that Wilson is in the box and not outside the box putting the ball in. Yeah. <laughs> but well, that's well, where Kane Wilson did, needs Kane to did a lot of that in the World Cup, didn't he? Like you just said about Wilson. Yeah. He was putting stuff into the box, which is rather strange. But, uh... Yeah, now I'm with you. Who's your surprise package so far this year then, right, for Vale players that you've played and you're thinking, wow, I didn't see him playing that well? I really like Butterworth recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, straight away, I kind of liked him. Um, but this is why I'm not a football manager because the kind of um, the kind of um, pace that they've brought him into the side. I kind of. I mean, he's been with us since the start of the season, hasn't he? Or, yeah. Was it, or, 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 yeah. I think, I think deadline I, day. Once it last day in August. Yeah, and I think he played about three or four games in. I remember it was against, and I was like, look at him straight away. And I, I was one of those people, you know, when we've had frustrating games, I mean, the Exeter game wasn't very nice results. There was a few others. But, you know, I like to think I've got a bit more uh, calm and perspective than a lot of AL fans. But even at times this year, I found myself going, why don't you play him? Why don't you play him? And I really like the look of Butterworth, but it, Clark's taking his time with him. And this is why Clark's a football manager, and I'm you know, playing in an indie band and selling Google ads online and stuff like that. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I really like the look of him recently. Um, I'd say surprise package because, I mean, what is it? He's on loan from Blackburn, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, you get a player on loan from Blackburn, you don't know who he is, so I'm going to say Butterworth. Well, actually, as well, Ellis Harrison has been a massive surprise because I've been to one home game this year and I went to Fleetwood at home. Um, Right after my dad's funeral, God rest his soul, I was going to give him a little shout-out. Paddy Dooley, forever a Vale fan, left us this year. We love you. He's got a plaque up as well. And we buried his asses under the pitch, lads. No. Uh, I think we've lost one home game since we've done that as well, so you can thank me later for that. But, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah um, Alex Harrison, because he came on for Fleetwood in about the 82nd minute, I think, and he started to change things. when we, It was his first home game, I believe, was 2-1. Yeah, yeah, yeah two, I, can't, I can remember four months ago. Not too <laughs> All the rumours you read about me about having no short term memory, they're not true. I'm just <laughs> um, yeah, ha- he looked lively, but he didn't look like he was going to come to Vale and do what he did. So, yeah, a combination of Harrison and Butterworth, I'd say. Pleasantly surprised by both. Yeah, yeah, good answers. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't blame you about Butterworth as well. I really like him. He just hasn't got... <laughs> He hasn't had the memo from the the veil that you don't shoot from outside the box yet, so we'll beat that out of him soon yeah. enough. Uh, and he did need a bit of help. I think it was his first goal against Orient at home. 
and he scored a rebound. Is that right? Am I remembering that right? Would it have been Orient? Would it that league be like? But not not Orient. Um, oh, who was it? Um, he did score a rebound, and I can't think. Charlton? No, Charlton was the one who scored the wonder goal. Wasn't it where he bullied their defender off the ball? And but he did score a rebound at home, and I can't think who against. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe now. Nah. Where are you, where are you, but, yeah, where are you, but, yeah, where are you, but, yeah. Um, Lincoln, 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 there you, you go. You got the L right. You, you, get, you got the L right, and I think they were playing in red. This, yeah. this, is, me, this is me making chicken curry for my wife and daughter while watching this. That's how rock and roll I am these days. <laughs> yeah. Now, I do agree with you, what you said there, um, Johnny, that... Yeah, he was trying to do too much and, like you say, pinging him from outside. Uh, yeah. And like we were saying, some of the quality we're coming up against, we, I, I don't think we've quite got that as well, which is why I think we're doing quite well to be ninth, really, for what we've got on the side, in all fairness to him. Yeah, I think we're doing excellent be ninth. Yeah, I do. Really? Well, then, another one for you while we're still on a roll about the veil. What positions are you strengthening in January? Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you two now, and you can both... The floor's yours after this, because you know I love talking. But, <laughs> you know, but Connor Hall this year, what are we saying? Summer doesn't quite add up, does it? I don't know if it's just a step up in opposition, and he's being found out a little bit, because last year he was immense, wasn't he? Or, as fans, sometimes things happen that we don't know about, and... Let's hope nothing has. But maybe his mind's elsewhere. Maybe something's, you know, he's planning a wedding. Maybe his mind's there. I don't know. Um, you know, because Cambridge away, I don't know if you saw Cambridge away, but he looked as though, wow, he's back. Yeah. Now, I remember, we won 1-0. Yeah. goal. That yeah. was it. Yeah. That was it. And Connor all was immense that day, and I thought, he's back. Yeah. And he hasn't quite reached that again since. Is it the travelling? Because he lives in Cambridge. Is it the fact that, you know, he was straight at the ground, straight home after him? Is he home? I don't know. I'm trying to make excuses for him. But he hasn't quite looked the play. But we know the play is there because we saw it last year. So I'm not writing him off by any stretch of the imagination. What about you, Johnny? I, I, I just think maybe there's a reason why at 29, this is the first time he's played in League One. There's, yeah. there's, not, many, there's not many late bloomers. And in in that sort of sense, so maybe maybe we got lucky last year. He joined at a time when we were flying, so he he was easy settling, and he's obviously but, a good player. But just on that though, I think it's alarming the, the the quality difference in League Two and League One these days. League One feels like the old Championship. When Vale were in the Championship, this was maybe a little bit less, but this was kind of the quality they were up against. I mean, I, I really feel like if Vale got in the, in the championship now, it'd be almost like Vale getting the, the, the bottom end of the Premier League in the 90s. I mean, the, you know, the, the money and the quality. Um, I mean, I, I work with an Italian guy and a French guy uh, over in Denmark. And when I tell him what, like, say, Tom Pope was earning in his pomp at Vale, where, the, you know, the, I rounded up to like 5,000 euro, four and a half grand, they couldn't believe it. Like, there's players mid table in League N earning that. So our our domestic league in this country is bananas compared to so many. Even Spain, you know, players don't earn that much. You know, the, the top two earn silly money or top four, top five earn silly money. 
But you don't get players in the fourth division earning five thousand euros a week, do you? How? You know, they play on Sunday mornings in the, on a, on a in, in the Spanish fourth division. You know, it's that lads and dads level. So, yeah, I think it's it, it, it's in Conor's defence. The the the, the quality, it's been quite a shock for me, and yes. uh, just like watching from afar, you know, even the well, bad teams play against are capable of pretty 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 decent stuff. You think back when we used to be in the championship, most of the players in the championship at that point were English. You still got your odd foreigner dotted in there, and foreigners were coming over, but most of your players were English, and that's when the Premier League was starting to be taken over by foreigners because we're going back to the nineties. So yeah. then you'd probably got underneath your elite English players that were playing top flight football, your next group of English players were playing championship football. Whereas now you look at the championship and that's full of foreign players as well now. So actually that band of English players in the 90s that were playing championship football, you're probably right. They probably find themselves yeah. in League One now because they're not elite to play in the yeah. Premier League. So you're probably right on what you're saying about the standard that those that would have been in the championship, their jobs have been taken by the foreign players that are now playing in the championship. And it is the money. I think the gulf between League One and the championship is massive. And the gap between the championship and the premiership is massive. But I think for a League One club going up there, you've only got to look at your yo-yo clubs, your Peterborough, your Rotherham's and that. It is a big jump going from League One to the championship now. Yeah. I mean, Connor Wickham was playing for Forest Green the other day. Yeah. I can can remember him scoring brilliant goals for Palace in the Premier League. And I couldn't believe it. You know, they've got a bit of money. I mean... His career might be going south a little bit, but I mean he'll be on some money for them. Yeah. Um, the player for Wednesday, I always call him Barry, Barry Bannon. Bannon. Barry, Barry Bannon. Sometimes I call him Gary Bannon. Who <laughs> 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 are you talking about, you idiot? But I, I mean he's on over twenty k a week, you know, at Sheffield Wednesday. He's not Jimmy's, no. Is he not? He no, he wasn't too happy with that being branded <laughs> around, was he? On. Yeah, it, Alex, Alex Wood, the journalist that's a Vale fan, posted something about it, and Barry Bannon got his arse out a little bit about it all. When oh, I bet he's been on that his career. Oh yeah, the Barry yeah, he, he, career. easily. But the thing, the thing with Barry Bannon is, we know he's on a, a top wage because you only have to look at the fact that three Rotherham players, after getting promoted to the Championship this season, decided throw the towel in and sign for Sheffield Wednesday. So, yeah. they're obviously getting pay rises there. They're, they're not throwing yeah. away the in the championship for no reason, are they? So, we know he's on a wedge, but yeah, maybe, maybe not the 20k, that, or maybe he doesn't want the tax man knowing he's on the 20k that's been branded around. Say that, just because he says he's not on 20k, doesn't mean he's not on 20k, does he? Yeah. If, if if the tax man comes knocking, he's on five k. The other fifteen k that comes in is is charitable donations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, image rights, image rights, mate. Remember that's what Wayne Rooney used to do, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I just, but yeah, it's, it's been an interesting league this season. I think I think part of it is right. I think the, the the step up in class that you mentioned is is phenomenal. I think. Do you remember the League One season when we had was it Wolves and Southampton in at the same point? Yeah, and we had Wolves it, that early in the season. They beat us three one, I think. Yeah, it remind it it reminds me of that. How there's there's a couple of teams that are just massive, and then there's a couple of teams that are in that next sort of bracket, and then there's 
probably 10 teams that are then in and around each other. And Sheffield I, I wants it, not Southampton, Sheffield. Yeah, it could have been, actually, yeah. yeah. I just remember it being Wolves and... Wolves like, and Sheffield, because we played them, didn't we, back-to-back pretty much at home. Oh, no, that, it was that, Wolves and Bolton back-to-back at home, but Sheffield was the Boxing Day, if I remember right. So that was it. Southampton went up the season before because they had yeah. Lallana, Ricky Lambert and Morgan Schneiderlin playing for them and, and they went all the way to the Prem then, didn't they? Yeah, I can't remember the last time we were in the same league as Southampton. I'm sure someone listening can, but I can never remember them. But Sheffield, Wolves, yeah, Leeds. Yeah. I've been in the same league as Leeds. But back then, you know, it felt like there was three or four clubs in League One that would look like that. But there's been some of the smaller teams that have been really bad against us, but then I've had moments of real class, like I say, MK Dons and Wickham and stuff like that, when I've been like, wow, you can do that. But then again, I was thinking about this the other day, and I thought, maybe it's just how far Vale fell before coming back up. Mm. You know, the, the Brown days, Jesus Christ, you know, we, we, we were really bad during that time. Um, you know, maybe that's just, you, you get accustomed to, to you know, to... Watching Vale not being able to score against teams that couldn't score if they played for a week, you know. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's one of them. But yeah, it's, I, I think we've been good. I think we've been good so far. We have. We generally had 20 years of shit, didn't we, really, when we dropped out of the championship. We had sides that couldn't string passes together. I'm talking about Vale sides, not opposition. Yeah. yeah. There's been some bad sides on, on, yeah. along the way, hasn't there? But I think the positive is thing, things are moving forward now. Um, and... Clark, he seems to have got this big plan and got everyone buying into it. And I think we're only three or four players short of a team that could challenge, which is fantastic considering we were all very worried at the start when transfers didn't happen. And yeah. it, 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 it's looking, it's looking nice. And let's stay up this season. Let's have a good end of it and enjoy what yeah. happens in the hopefully. And you can bet your bottom dollar behind the scenes, Fletcroft and Clark and the recruitment team know what January is looking like or how they want January to look. And obviously, let's mention, Sulphur got called off the other day. I know you're not into your pizza games, Johnny, but Sulphur got called off. Today, we've drawn, if we can get past Sulphur, Cheltenham away, which, yeah, home's tied have been nice. But looking at the size left, that's a favourable draw. And then you potentially, if you can win them, you're one game away from Wembley again. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're not yeah. into that, but I think Colin Gall, it was in today's paper, I think we've made so far 70 grand, and that's before we play the Salford game just from prize money. And if we beat Salford, I think he's 40 grand for that. So we'll have made 110 grand if we can beat Salford from that competition. No, it isn't. It's, money, money is the most important thing in this. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I dislike the competition. I like the money. So... And I'm the same. I don't, I, don't agree. I don't go because I'm like, yes, I really agree with the under-23s being in it. I don't under-21s, whatever it is. I don't agree with them being in it. But I go, and I know people will be like, oh, scab, well, I'll be fine. But I go to watch the reserve lads because we haven't got a reserve side and see who's ready to step up. And, you know, the likes of Sammy Robinson, I've enjoyed watching him in the tournaments. I tell you what, last game, Rory Oldham was immense against Barnsley. Rory Oldham was immense in that game. As was James Wilson playing through the middle. It looked like Barnsley brought a few to that other, you know, one of the last ones. And, I mean, how long do we not go those games for? If the league doesn't budge, there are some fans like yourself that are going to say, well, I I don't want to deny myself, because some fans want to watch the reserves, they want to watch the youngsters. 
Yeah. They don't just want to go Sheffield United away. And and, and I, I remember you boys making a really good point because I know you but you lads watch. You know you go as you know nearly all of them. You know, um, and, and like you're saying, going to some of these games. Um, but when we were, I think it was, we lost the Walsall away, and it was a classic Vale bumper crowd screaming at Wilson, calling him shit. It's like, listen, you've not been coming all season. He's not yeah. shit. Had a bad game today. I mean, it, it's kind of if the league aren't going to budge, it, it, you know, you shouldn't really. It says wrong to deny yourself going and watch the outer fringes of Port Vale squad. If you want to go and watch them, you should just go and watch them. Yeah, you know. I remember going when I was little. I used to go down to the Pontins Reserve matches to watch the reserve games, and I'm talking when yeah. I'm a young lad. You used to get them with your season ticket. You pick up your season ticket, and there'd be cards then that you had like a different card, like a ticket for each game. And when you picked up your season ticket, you'd also got tickets for the Pontins Reserve League. And I used I to watch the reserve games. I used to love a Monday night reserve game. Yeah, yeah. And then they you two strike as the kind death. of late 90s reserve game goers, you, you really do. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or insults. <laughs> so, I've not said you're 63, Baz, so don't worry. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, let, let's move, move on to the important stuff before we let you go. Uh, Rye? Yep. You, tomorrow night, how excited are you? Absolutely buzzing. So we've moved it from Sugar Mill to Keel, um, and very brave move that was in the end. But it's you know we've just been on tour. The tour was amazing. So we did Manchester, London, Glasgow, Leeds, Bristol, Brighton, Middlesbrough, um, London, Manchester were always really good to us. So they were like I think London sold out on the night. Manchester was a very full room. We did quite a big room. We did Academy Three. And it was yeah. about 250, and it was brilliant. Um, Birmingham was a dark horse this year as well. Um, it was great to see a lot of people there. So the tour was amazing. And also, it's sod's law, you know, I did the whole tour. We got absolutely leathered every single night after the show, and I sang like I was 18. I came home from it going, Ryan, you're in your 30s now. How have you not got sick? Because you always get sick as a singer. I was like, what's going on? Lo and behold, four days before their same time show, I've had this most horrendous sinus infection, thought I had COVID and everything. But I've oh. just shifted it. We've done a load of tickets. Um, it's a big room. Uh, we're going to. We've done something clever with it as well, so you can kind of adjust the kind of uh, the kind of attendance to it. But I think there's going to be over five hundred there tomorrow, so it's going to be amazing. Can't wait. We've got two amazing support acts on, Caymans and the Underclass. So, to be honest, it's like three, Stokes' three best like kind of indie bands on tomorrow. I would say. If I forgot anyone, I'm really sorry. Uh, the underclass and Caymans are Stoke Mob as well, but, you know, we'll let them off with that, eh? But, uh, yeah, it's just going to be a great night of music and a great way to finish the year for us. Yeah, we'll let them off because uh, Stoke's undercard to Vale, as they should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll talk about this podcast after the gig then, Bezzy, just so uh, to avoid any controversies. But, yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, the, Cay- the Caymans are really good as well. I know, I know Scott. Um, yeah, that, that's in that's in the band and like summer summer is 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 band pre the Caymans the way um, yeah really really like that crazy eye as well or yes yeah like yeah but they yeah. played with they played with us and when we played I played with John Power they were really good but he, yeah he's been at it for ages but they've been having a bit of success recently so fair play to him yeah they 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 like you say. 
the, the other band I'm really into at the minute is Shader as well. Yeah. Like, really, really good local band and stuff like that. So it's, if, if anyone... Yes, it is. Yeah, they supported the enemy recently. And Stu, that's the, the, lead, the lead singer of them, he's top, top bloke as well. So... Um, well, they've been at it for ages as well. So I remember when they were in the Alones. Um, there's been a lot of... What I would class as success stories, like guitar music's an hard game getting into, and it gets harder and harder all the time. And you know, some of the things we've done, some of the things Caymans are doing, and Shader have done. I mean, it takes a lot of work to get to these levels. The underclass are just starting to do it now as well. It takes a lot of work to even get 200 people in a room, and and then some, and then travel, and then get a bit of radio, and then get. You you don't believe how, how much work it takes. And uh, if anyone does it, like uh, anyone does it, they've got my respect. So, yeah, it'd be great night. Yeah, that's well, it. And how's the album doing? Yeah, the album's been great. So you can order your physicals. This is what you need to do, Vale fans. If you're listening, go on allthejoung.uk. It's out digitally. But if anyone orders a physical of our album, it's worth a thousand streams per track. So it's the best way we've got of penetrating any kind of chart or anything like that. I've got friends who are like, I've not got a CD player. Like, I don't care. Buy it anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, put it on your wall. I'm not bothered. Give it your hand. Whatever. But <laughs> it's, uh, um, yeah, but uh, we'll, we'll have the physicals at the gig. Um, and you can, we had a big delay with it. There's a huge vinyl shortage. It's been affecting, like, two-door cinema club posting about it. It's been affecting the entire industry. So that's why we put the album out digitally. We kind of sacrificed a chart position. We could have, like, held it back and said, let's try sell a thousand vinyl and get in the charts. But I think we're going to get in, like, indie charts and rock charts and stuff like that. But because we were going on tour, we put it out digitally. But any physicals you can buy, we'll not, we will not complain about those. You've got ten days for Christmas. Get your albums in for Christmas. <laughs> that's it. Tell them best I sent you. You'll get percent discount. Write write in the comments, Bez has sent you. Yeah. And then we'll um we'll we'll see, we'll see what we can do. Ryan might sign a, a tissue or something. Right. Also, we may be doing a very special gig in Burslem in February next year, but I can't say anything. All will be revealed soon, but Vale fans will love it. Let us know. We will be there. We will. We'll be your support act. Oh God. And I did actually think of you because I was like, you know, it's never likely you're. You, you, did you say it was your nephew? You thought you were 63. Yeah. Luke Johnny bang on with your music taste, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do you the better. Alvy start with Alvy, your support act. We'll get, <laughs> yeah. you know, we'll get all yeah. listeners there as well. I was going to say, if if he gets cut to the bar, bar, bar tab, then you'll definitely have you on because they'll, they'll be definitely running out of the room to the bar when you start singing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come on do a bit of Alvis and then they'll really appreciate your music even more after that. Like, who's this massive daughter? Yeah. See, this is one thing I miss, lads, for being in Scandinavia. It's true what Mickey Flanagan says. No one takes the piss like the English. People yeah. are dead nice to each other over there. Like, over here in Stoke, everyone just ribs each other to bits. It took me quite a while to adjust. I'd be like at work, Stu's and going there. I'd be like, yeah, shut up, you dick. What are you on about? And they'd be like, did you just call me a dick? I was like, yeah, I didn't mean it, mate. Come on, chill out. I couldn't cope with that. <laughs> nah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah I, I think I'd still be, get, still be getting in trouble now. 
<laughs> if, I, if I'm not taking the piss out of you, then I'd, it probably means I don't like you. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, most Vale fans would be a HR case on legs over there, mate. <laughs> In fact, yeah, today, today it were, they're restricting me to one an hour because within the first hour I come out with four or five. This is right, we're restricting you to one an hour now. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, Brilliant. Well, lads, I'm going to get off because I'm stood in a blooming garage. I'm freezing. Um, it's been absolutely wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. And it's great talking Port Vale with you, as always. You will. And, and I will see you in Hamburg in February. Well, that's what we, that's the third point you just reminded me. You should be my agent, you should, Johnny. Um, <laughs> if you can ever get me a gig with your Elvis, mate, that'd be great. But... <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, uh, Hamburg, Copenhagen, Paris and Utrecht. So um, Copenhagen's done really well. But I, a little rumour said some of the Uvale uh, that might be venturing over to Hamburg. And we all know how much fun that place is. So, yeah, get on it. That's in February, that is. So away yeah, well, days are well. Well, that's it. Hamburger at home sun, Sunday morning, well, Sunday afternoon before the gig as well. So, hey, listen, if any Vale fans are listening that speak to those Hamburg fans, get me in touch with them. Yeah, we, we know Andy that comes on the podcast and co-host. We know he speaks to him. Yeah, oh, yeah let's, let's have a link. Let's, let's have a link up. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll sort of tell because like we're going over and meet him when we when we come in Feb. So, oh, uh, so you're confirmed. Well done, Johnny. I didn't want yeah. to ban you tonight on the podcast, but if you confirm, mate, let's have it. Veil away. Yeah, that's it. I'm big. I've got Bifold in the morning on the on the Sunday on the Sunday, and then the gig and gig at night. So. It's a, a, bu- a bucket list for me ticked off. I've always wanted to go a gig abroad, so... Well, um, we're driving from Paris the night before, so maybe <laughs> we make early go of it and come to the match with you, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah sounds. Keep, let, let us know. But you get off anyway, don't you freezing to death before tomorrow and me yeah. being blamed for the fact that your, your voice is frozen, not just gone. So. Yeah, you'll find me next to the penalty spot, mate. Game off. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the gig, everyone get yourselves over, get the album brought for Christmas, get the gig tomorrow night, cancel your Christmas meals tomorrow night, get to Kiel. Yeah, just say, just just cancel it, say frozen turkey or something like that for the gig, for the meals. Yeah. Like, they can be rearranged. Wonderful. I tell you what, we need to get you both on marketing with those kind of pitches. Thanks very much, lads. Cheers for coming on. Good speaking to you. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Ta-da. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And Johnny. That's it. So now on to the pointless part of the podcast because do we, I do it, do we do it. Do it. I tell you what, before we get into it, have you read John Coleman's interview today? I've, I've literally just got it loaded up where he said basically that like he didn't mean what he said. But he still thinks Smudge is a prick, basically. Yeah. He just he's He's he's, he's trying he's, he's trying make make it so it's not a, a dressing room post, isn't he? Yeah, he's backtracking quicker than the French. Yeah, but for for, for me, I, I don't I don't care what he says. <laughs> I really don't. I, if 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 he if he hates us, if he loves us, what? <laughs> go for it, John. It, I, it's no skin off my nose. He's a massive prick of a manager, anyway. Like I remember Rory trying to trying to get at him after. After one time as has been there when when he walked off with his smug little smile and then giving everyone grief and then coming out in his press conference after and going I don't know why I don't know why they were giving me so much grief and it's like maybe because you 
you, you behave you and your demeanour. So yeah. he's yeah, he, he's one of them. And it comes to something Steph even hates him as well because one of the Burton players when this is when Coleman was a player was down injured and Coleman picked him up and tried to drag him off the pitch. So wow. it shows. Why? Yeah, it shows what sort of person he is. Not yeah. He get sent off. He got sent off the game. Yeah. Yeah. Audible man. But then on the flip side. They've got Mitch Clark, and I still love Mitch Clark. Yeah, I I I take Mitch Clark the player any day of the week and twice on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, the the other things that came with Mitch, and obviously we'll never know if some of the things were true or whatnot that were around at the time. But he just he just didn't seem right the third time round, did he? So. No, I, I think from the stuff you did, and we're not going, you know, say anything because it's not our place and you don't know how true they are it could all be rumours but he was probably going through a tough patch in his life at that point you know he's a bit older now he's matured a lot now I'm sure he'd be a different Mitch Clark if we had him back now but Atkinson wouldn't want to let him go I was going to say um, Andy Holt put on Twitter the other week that he was the best right back he'd he'd ever had at Accrington so there you go that's got to be some poor it's because Whilst obviously they're not, they haven't had hundreds and thousands of household names. <laughs> you know yourself that there's players that we've had probably in League Two that you that make an all-time eleven, as well as players that have played in championships and stuff. So for him to say that after owning the club, they'll, they'll, they'll be a right back somewhere that sat there going, "What about me?" Yeah, yeah, the will. Yeah, I just think like Accrington as a club. Great little club, isn't it? But yeah, I think as well. I think they've got Sean Wally there in midfield that used to be at Shrewsbury. Is, is he there now? Got a funny feeling he is. Unless my memory's playing tricks with me now. I'm 63. I think he's 63. That memory might be gone. Yeah, it might be. I'm just going back to Saturday, see who they played, and have a look at the squad, see if he was. Accrington, they didn't play, got postponed. That's typical, isn't it? So they haven't played since. Well, they played, they played Tuesday night. Oh, did they? And the uh, pizza? Yeah, they beat Burton 4-2. Uh, but there's sure, no... Well, yeah, last game time they played in the league, they played yeah. a 3-5-2. And according to this, Sean Wally played up front. I'm sure that's oh. wrong. Because he's a very good centre midfielder. But Tommy or he Lee. was. He was at Shrewsbury. Yeah, Tommy Lee. Looking yeah. whilst they got in there, obviously Mitch Clark was on the right, probably wing back looking at how this is lined up. Ethan Hamilton, didn't he come through United's ranks? Young what come through? Yeah, yeah, United's he did. Ranks. Ethan did. So they've got a very young team as well, haven't they? If you look, there's a couple couple of young lads. Yes. Had Rick at the back then. They've even, they've even got a Babbitt on the bench. Have they? Yeah. Number fifty, Baba Fernandez. Baba Fernandez. I've <laughs> you that joke for the pod. Yeah, there's their, their keeper's a top keeper as well. He's only a young lad. To, Toby Savin, he's quality. Him, he's only is twenty-one. He? Yeah, he's only twenty-one. He's played. He's played nearly. He's, he's played over fifty games for Accrington already. Wow, well, he's their keeper. Then he's not alone if he's played that many. Yeah, he's their keeper. Number one on the bench, Lucas Jensen, the other goalie. That's not son of Brian, is it? Big Brian. Shall, shall, we, shall we have a look? He is Danish, and that could just be us being... Putting two and two together and getting five, but it could be us putting two and two together and getting four. He's on loan from Burnley as well. The, 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 <laughs> there's too much coincidence there. 
Yeah, Creek signed for Burnley in 2019, broke his elbow. Come on. He's got to be big Brian Sunnighter. And he doesn't say anything about him, but he's got to be. Let's have a look what Wikipedia says, because that's always right. Yeah. Lucas Jensen is a Danish professional footballer who plays on goal for Accrington on loan from Burnley. Oh, I've, I've got a picture of him. He's definitely Brian Sun. Is he? Oh, God, yeah. He's got the big square head, the big broad shoulders. Well, it'll be at Shrewsbury next season then, because that's where his dad's coaching. Ah. Yes, yeah. he is, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's where the beast is. But, yeah, Accrington got some decent players. 19th in the league, though. Yeah, struggling this time, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're struggling to struggling score goals. They they've conceded 31, which is the same as MK, and scored 20, which is one more than MK. So that, that kind of shows where you're at in terms of how they're doing. Um, I think the big thing for them is obviously we've conceded 29. Um, so so we've only conceded two less, but we've been thumped three times this season as well, haven't we? Yes, we have. Whereas a lot of their wins, looking back, are, are by the odd goal. They lost to Chef Wednesday recently by 1-0, but Fleetwood put three past them. Peterborough did, Bolton did, Derby did, Plymouth did. So, yeah, there's, there's they, seem, they seem very a very form team as well. Lose three on a bounce, win a game. They'll lose three on the bounce, draw a game, sort of thing. So, yeah, they in all competitions are unbeaten in six, um, five games. I can't count unbeaten in five in all competitions, though. Well, um, they were they had a really bad spell at one point, didn't they? I think I remember hearing they hadn't won in something like eight to nine, if my memory serves me right. Yeah, in in the league, in the league, since they lost one, two, three, four, five games on the bounce in the league. Um, with a three three two victory over Liverpool and the twenty threes in between that, um, then they drew, then they lost, and then after that they've just gone on the run of they beat Cambridge one nil, beat Grimsby in the Pizza Trophy, beat Barnet in the FA Cup, drew with Oxford, and then beat Burton in the Pizza Trophy. So whilst they haven't played anyone in the league, the the draw against Oxford isn't after what we've seen isn't too shabby. Um, but it was an eight fourth minute equaliser as well. So it's, you've got you've got to say that they've got some endeavour and they're obviously playing for Coleman still. Um, it's not like sometimes where you hear that like the dressing room's gone or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's been there forever, anti Coleman. Yeah, his thing is still there. The, his assistant, um, the one that was he oh, battle was it that we tried signing? I think he is. Yeah, we did. Lee, no, not Lee Bell. Jimmy. Jimmy Bell, that's the one, isn't Jimmy it? Jimmy Bell. Actually, I don't think it is Jensen's son looking at this. He's got children, Sebastian Jensen and Jamie Jensen. Sebastian's right, okay. a goalkeeper at Everton. I knew his son was a professional goalie. So his son is at Everton. Fair enough. It's just... Well, so, so, we, so we did. Big coincidence. Big coincidence. Jensen, Danish, Burnley. Yeah. Maybe it's his nephew, and I'm not searching for that, but we'll go with that. We'll go with it. It's a family member. It is. It's got to be. There can only be one Jensen family with goalkeepers in all of Denmark, we're deciding. Yeah, with with, with that strong jawline. Yeah, six foot six as well. Bloody hell, he's a big lad, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. If anyone gets close enough to him, if the game's on on Saturday, which is highly unlikely, ask him and let us know. <laughs> Any relation, relation to Brian? Uh, do you know Big Brian? 
But yeah, overall, um, mark out a 10 for the game being on, what would you say? Zero being not on and 10 being on? Yeah. Minus 10. Are you you convinced that that post today may as well have said that the game's off? Game's off. Yeah, I'm still doing my Marco Thon. I was out this morning at 7 o'clock doing my run with it being my birthday. I thought I'd get it done with. And it was minus 9 at 7 o'clock this morning in Bradley, which is obviously only a mile from Bursel. So I can't see how it gets warm enough to thaw the pitch out until, what, Sunday, Monday, when they give out highs of 10 degrees. Yeah. Is it wait? Is 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 there a reason we're doing it tomorrow, not Saturday morning? It's but just the, the new thing that clubs do, don't they? They call it off a day early so people can change the plans if they know it's going to be off. Mm, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure if they look at the weather forecast and it says actually Saturday by 10 o'clock in the morning it's going to be five degrees, I'm sure they would take a view and go, actually, we'll have another pitch inspection Saturday. Yeah, I think if you look at it tomorrow, there's no chance as it is, and the weather forecast says it's not getting above zero, so there's no chance of it thawing. You may as well just call it off Friday, aren't you? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I like the idea of it being Friday. I just think they need for me that would be a consistent approach because what Accrington's two hours max away, is it? Yeah, it's in a forest. It, it could it could have a pitch inspection at ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, and not really have any detrimental effect to them. Um, they're coming down the night before. I know it's only two hours, so a club that size probably aren't, but we know that they'll travel the night before to pretty much every away game, don't they, now? Yeah, they do, but it's not going to save them any money unless they've got free cancellation. So, may as well use the hotel anyway. But I'm not certain on this, and someone who listens probably will know a lot better than me. I've got a feeling if you call a game off on the day of the match and the other team have travelled... You yeah. have to reimburse the cost. All right, okay. Not hundred percent on that. Just some in my head says I've heard Kieran Maguire say that on the price of football. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose, I suppose there's got to be a caveat of when you call the game off because if if you if you did a pitch inspection at six in the morning for like Shrewsbury at home, for example, mm. should that, that that's ample enough time. Yes. To inspect us or Shrewsbury. Whereas if you if you did one at two o'clock for Portsmouth and it gets called off, then yeah, I'd, I could understand that. Yeah, no, definitely. And they will as well, when they do the pitch inspection, they very much will be looking at the weather forecast for the next 24 hours, hour by hour, and is it going to get warm enough to thaw the pitch out? Should it be frozen? But I can't see how with minus nine this morning, it's not frozen. Yeah, I, my assumption is that they've looked at the forecast and said, Two o'clock on Friday is going to be exactly the same as two o'clock on Saturday. Yeah, almost. So we'll know if it's we'll know if it's good enough. If we can play on it Friday, play on it Saturday. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I can't see. At minus nine and seven o'clock this morning. I've got frozen nipples, so I can't see how anything changes. Yeah, that's so. so it'll be a month since the last the last home game. If if we get more, come on on Boxing Day. Friday, I'm just going through hour by hour. Two o'clock tomorrow, the same zero degrees, which is the highest it'll get tomorrow, according to the weather app. 
So that so that makes sense why they're doing it then. Yeah, oh. it's minus five tonight, dropping to minus six. Minus five, minus six all night. It'll get to zero about one o'clock tomorrow until three o'clock, according to the weather app. And then by four o'clock, it's going back into the minuses. But then Saturday, as it stands, lows of minus three, highs of three. So again, three probably isn't going to be enough to thaw it out. But then Sunday, highs of eight degrees. Monday, highs of 12. Tuesday, highs of 11. I suppose it depends it depends how it works, though, doesn't it? Because, say, the frost covers protect the pitch to minus six, yeah. for argument's sake, and it's minus nine. Is that technically the pitch has been as suffering like it would uncovered at minus three? So if it gets up to three degrees, for example, is that actually nine degrees in normal weather terms then? I haven't got a clue and don't know enough about it to guess. No, but... That's what, that's what, that, that, that was when, when you were saying that, that, that was my only thinking of, well, maybe there's a bit more to it than, than just that. Maybe, but those wanting your veil fixed, I'd say with Monday highs of 12 and Tuesday highs of 11, there's a very, very high chance that the Salford game's on on Tuesday. Well, that's what I was just about to ask you that. Do you think, do you think that might affect the attendance of that game? Could do, yeah. Could do. <laughs> do you think people might actually have gone, do you know where I haven't seen veil play since? Yeah, could do. And then I'm looking at it, looking forward, and according to the app at the moment, it doesn't get down to minus again until Saturday, which would be minus one a week on Saturday. And obviously, is Boxing Day Sunday or Monday? I lose track. Boxing Day's Monday, because you get oh. the subs bank all day on the Tuesday. Um, this go that far. So, But if it's only getting to minus one Saturday, chances are, fingers crossed, we should be okay for Boxing Day. Well, yeah, but that, that, that it's the the other problem then, isn't it? Because they've um, predicting a white Christmas. Oh, white Christmas! That takes me back to Sheffield United on Boxing Day. Do I know, know but give me goosebumps when the paddock was singing in sort of a quiet tone. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas as we were beating Sheffield United on Boxing Day. Yeah, but now now in the health and safety mad world that we live in, that would never happen, would it? Let's be honest. I don't know, because the snow didn't actually start till about four o'clock, if I remember right. At kick-off, there was no snow. No, and by it, the end of the game, it was like, not a foot of snow, that'd be exaggerating, but there was a good six, seven inches of snow. Yeah, but if they're giving a white Christmas, it, this, that means that it's starting, not Boxing Day, at 4pm, isn't it? So. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, do, do we even go to an avtiming.com time of the first goal scorer? Um, yeah, what well, let, let's let, let, let's pre- let's pretend that we're not going to be utterly disappointed. Come two o'clock tomorrow. Go on then. Let's go on then. So the game's on. It's thawed out. It's tropical. We kick off. When's the first goal going in, Johnny? Brought to you by abtiming.com. Get yourselves over there. Johnny's doing red January. Get ready for this 10k in April May time. I'm doing Marcothon now. Get me fitness up, and then I'll do some training next year as well. Avtiming.com, get yourselves over there. Yeah, talking about Red January, we'll, we'll, I'll, sh- I'll be sharing a link on the Twitter and, and you'll get it on the Facebook pages to, to join the team. Yeah, fair. Um, convince, convince people who aren't even Vale fans, people who I work with are, are planning on doing it and everything. Since wow. I mentioned it at a team meeting yesterday, they said they'll do it. Uh, it was only because we, we were at 
a work meeting at HQ and they had three donuts on. So they were sat there moaning that they were having three free donuts that, and then they're, they're going, they're going to need to do something. So I was like, Oh, have you heard about this? And they're like, Well, we'll join the team. So try to get as many as possible. Cause then like you said, you post it on Facebook, don't you? With your Marco font to yes. make you do it. I think yes, now, I'll be posting to the 31st of December. Then you'll be glad to know I shan't be posting runs on there again after it was just for this month to keep me going. Yeah, and, that, and that's it. I think for me, I need people, people doing it to guilt me into doing it almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that, that, that'll be my plan. So we'll get them shared out and whatnot. Um, but yeah, time of first goal, seven minutes, James Wilson. Full time. 4 0. Do you know what? I was going to say 4 0. I've got a sneaky feeling about tomorrow. Um, I will go with. First goal scorer, Ali Saracen and his drought. After 13 minutes, unlucky for some. And I'm going 4 0 Vale. I just, it's about time we smash someone. And like I say, I think for, for the lads that were there last season, especially people like Smithy, the, the, yeah. the team talk's done, isn't it? Yeah. Like, if you can't, and I know it doesn't really mean much because. They're not. It's not like it's not. It's not one of your bigger clubs. When you say if you can't get yourselves up for that game, you you can't get yourself up for anything. But when a man when a manager like that after convincingly beating them four one as well, not it wasn't an accident. Five twenty five. It's five one. Yeah. So it it wasn't an accident that day. No, Willow got that trick, didn't he? I think Lloyd got on the score sheet. Yeah. That's it. It wasn't an accident that day, so after convincingly and hearing him say that, I think it, it's free motivation, really. Not that I think our players struggle with motivation anyway, but... No, I agree with that. But yeah, Cork, Cork is going to enjoy that one. He, I, can, I can 100% hear his interview now of him saying that that means nothing, because that's Daryl Cork all over, isn't it? But yeah, it's just... Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like batter someone. It's, it, hopefully they're more Morecambe and it's not a typical veil. Come up against one of these teams and like roll over and be a bit shit. And we spoke after the Forest Green game that you don't deserve to be beating any team. But I think on our day, we can beat any team. And I think that's the difference. Oh, we can. We definitely on this day, we can. I mean, Bristol last week, we lost. I don't think we deserved losing. Probably didn't do enough win. Didn't deserve losing. We beat top of the league Plymouth. We beat Derby, Ipswich, we took all the way and you could see by their reaction at the end, they knew they'd been in a game and they were, you know, thankful for the win. Chef Wednesday, we took all the way and, you know, they resorted to shit housing because they were worried that we were coming back into it. And there's no side in this league that worries me on our day, but I also think there's no side in this league that isn't capable of beating us. No, and that's the other thing, isn't it? Like, like you said, all them teams and MK Dons are sat bottom of the league and we lost yeah. we'll there, for example. Yeah. So it's it happens, doesn't it? I just I'd like to see us put someone to the sword, and just because of Accrington, so many bad memories as well. There's let, let's be honest. I remember being I think we were three one up there the other year, and Billy Key scored that trick, and mm. and then like obviously the Exodus gag and stuff that happened there, and the Jim Gannon locking himself in the toilet, not going yeah. on the coach home. There's, there's been. 
there's been bad things happening there, hasn't there? So yeah, yeah. And while we've got, you know, we're one hour five in, so go on, we'll have a bit longer. Let me ask you the question I asked Rye earlier, Johnny. Goalkeepers, what's your stance at the moment? Who's what would you do in January with regards to goalkeeping? Uh, if it's up to us, I'd yeah. stick with the two that we've got. Yeah. Just, just because Stevens hasn't, Stevens has yet to let us down in terms of, like, he hasn't done, I, I've not conceded a goal where I thought, do you know what, like, that's a, an absolute howler. Yeah. I think the Bristol was a bad, not an absolute howler. I think that's bad goalkeeping for a League One goal to get beat by that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree there was bad keeping. But I mean, like, do you know what I mean? Like, an he had to chuck one in his own net. Yeah, chucked one in his net or tried a cruise turn and got himself sent off or flew kicks one in the chest, sort of. Howler. Or did you about there? Yeah, which, on that note, have you listened to Tom, Tom Conlon's uh, podcast with the know. club? Oh, yeah, sorry, I thought you meant. Yeah. He's got his own podcast, though. No, Tom's talking about the performance at Swindon uh, when he knew his Achilles was fucked, and he he seemed to insinuate that he thought he felt it was his fault for that game. Like, yeah, I hadn't put the two and two together and realised what game it was, but yeah, no, I, I've only just realised that's why I was asking. I was just like, hang on, Tom, I think I think something else happened during that game. Yes, he did. But yeah, I'd, I'd stick if it was my choice, just because. Unless, un- unless the keeper comes available, yeah. Then by by that I mean either someone, someone who's got championship experience has come available for whatever reason because he's a little bit older, or someone that's had a lot of football and just has fallen out of favour because someone else is there, or a Premier League loanee that's hundred percent better than Stevens. Unless something like that happens and it's right for everyone, I don't see the point in rocking the boat. Or what are the main targets in the summer that we obviously missed out on because Stevens come from nowhere? Yeah, and I think like you, you've only you, you've only got to look at what does that say? Do you know what I mean? if if we if we say right, Stevens, thanks but no thanks, and we decided to end it if if it was our decision, what does that say to Stone if we then go and sign another keeper and Stone's not number one? Hmm. Because that's the other thing we've got to kind of think about is we bring in a different keeper. That kind of says to Stone, you're either not good enough or whatever Clark he says behind closed doors. We need to get him out on loan if that's the case. See, this is where I am with Stone and this is where I'm kind of interested. I can see Lucas coming back. He isn't playing for Chesterfield at the moment. I know he's injured, but I can see them saying, thanks, but no thanks. It hasn't worked for us. If that happens, I want Aidan Stone to go out on loan. And that's not because I'm sat here going, Lucas is a better goalie than Aidan Stone. I think at Stone's age in his career, he should be playing. And he's a very young lad for a goalkeeper still. Very, very young lad. And he's got a lot of potential for me. He needs to be playing week in, week out now. I don't see that happening at Vale, even if Stevens gets recalled. So if... Lucas comes, and that's not me saying Lucas is then number one. I think you bring your number one in if Stevens gets recalled, even if he's on loan for six months. I think for Aidan Stone's development and to help Vale in the long term, Aidan Stone needs to go out and play the second half of the season, week in, week out somewhere, 
come back in pre-season and show us how much he's improved. And Aiden Stone could be your number one next season. But he's got to go out and get that regular game time and improve. Let me ask you a question then. You, you're, you, you're saying that about Stone needing to go out and get the game time. Say if we signed... I, I know it's not going to happen because where, where he is at the minute, but James Trafford that's on loan at Bolton oh, yes. from City. If we signing the keeper that's younger than Aidan Stone, but saying our keeper needs to go out and get game time. I what? think the difference there is that James Trafford, for me, is a future Premier League goalie. Aidan Stone, for me, is a future very good League One goalie. OK. That's where the difference is for me. And again, that's not me knocking Stone by any stretch of the imagination. I could never play League One football in goal. <laughs> and who knows, if he develops really well in the next six, seven years, he might be a championship goalie. But do you ever see Aidan Stone being a premiership goalie? No, I, I, th- I, think, I, th- I think you can safely say with the majority of our players that I don't, I don't see any of them gracing the Premier League. Tommy do- Mack in five years' time. So, is that what you're going well, yeah, like, I, I, I do think that the keeper situation is out of our hands at the moment. Now, if Oxford say we want Stevens back, I'm convinced that we're going to have a plan. Now, whether that plan comes off, because can you be talking to keepers now and testing the water? But say, 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 say we'll use Hedlacki because I think... He is he is my dream keeper at the moment. Yeah. Um, how how do you how do you approach that conversation of well if Jack Stevens goes back how would you like to be our number one? Because I think behind the scenes, Flickcroft and Clark will have already had the conversations with Oxford and will already know whether Stevens is going back or not. Obviously, subject to injury happening there. If it is a case of Oxford saying no, actually we're not going to recall him. Yes, their goalie might get injured between now and then. They'll go, actually, sorry, we do need to recall him. But I'm sure Clark and Flickcroft will know at this stage Oxford's plans. Yeah, fair enough. Then I suppose, I suppose the com- that makes the conversation a bit easier, doesn't it? Of you're going to be our first choice keeper. Yeah. I... Where what could happen is Oxford have turned to him and go, no, we're not recalling him. Don't worry, you've got him all season. And between now and the end of January, the Oxford number one gets clattered and is out for the rest of the season. Or does Emmanuel know you? Yeah, breaks his leg skiing. Or even, or even someone comes in for a bid for him in January. Yeah, true. Oxford recall him and go, do you know what? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take, take that. Cash. Yeah. Because he has just signed a new three-year contract, so it might be a healthy amount of money. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Like, I think he's all right, and I think I think that's it. I think his ceiling is our ceiling at the moment, like top of the bottom half, yeah, sort of thing. And I know as a keeper, he's flirted with um, the playoffs with Oxford as well. But obviously, it's it's a team game at the end of it, isn't it? Yeah, and got... were watching him, weren't they? But again, yeah, that's not the keeper I'm seeing for Vale at the moment that is capable of going somewhere like Vale. Yeah, exactly. So I. Don't... I, I am I am in the boat at the moment of better the devil you know, mm. but if if the right person did come about then yeah a hundred percent be looking into it so 
Yeah. I, I, I just think there's, there's money to be spent elsewhere first. Yes, I'd agree with that. If Stephen Stane, I'd agree with that. Yeah. So, so yeah, it'd be, it'd be quite interesting. Um, if, for example, Stevens isn't staying, mm-hmm. and like you've just said, the, the club probably know about it already, etc. Does Stone get a run of games now to make sure he's ready for January the 1st? That's a very good question. If Clark is looking at it and going, Stevens is a better goalie than Stone now in Clark's opinion, no. Because we haven't reached the 50-point mark yet and we want as many points on the board as we can as early as possible. But I can yeah. see the logic in it. I can see the logic in it. And I, Truthfully, where I'm at at the moment, there's not a lot between Stone and Stevens at all. And I would have no issue with Aidan Stone starting in goal till January if that was to happen because I've seen Stevens concede the same goal too many times now. Yeah, and I think I think I say I think my at the minute is is in similar sort of both and and that's what's kind of frustrating me a little bit about it is what do what do we do with the two of them if if they stay? You've kind of got to say Stevens is your number one, haven't we? Yeah, uh, and then where where do we go? Gives us another four or five months to go and find the perfect keeper. Yeah, and if Stevens is staying and he's your number one, I wouldn't be opposed to recalling Lucas to let Stone be the one go out on loan because Lucas is gone at the end of the season. I don't care what happens, Lucas is gone. Yeah, Stone's here, Stone's ours, and Stone is young enough and good enough to develop into a good goalie for me. He's a good goalie now, but he's young enough and got potential enough to develop into an even better goalie. Let's not forget Aidan Stone, those that give Stone stick, let's not forget he come in towards the end of last season, saw us through to the playoffs and saw us get promoted. That's the goalie that got you promoted last season. Yeah, and he made a little bit of an up at Wembley, but he made up for it, he made a good save later on. Yeah, do you, do you think, right, With there was a reason why that didn't happen at the start of the season? Why what didn't? Well, why Lucas went out on loan and Stone didn't, for example. Do, do you think it's solely because we thought we were getting a number one in and... Yes, I do. ...failed, but it hasn't succeeded? Yes, I do. And I think at that point it was a case of Coverland's probably on more money than Stone, so let's get him off the books and we'll use that money to get a number one in that obviously didn't materialise. It was... I think, although none of us can 100% confirm, I think we must all kind of agree we were in for Jamal Blackman and missed out. There's no way you're linked with him that heavily and you weren't in for him in some sort of capacity. OK, it might have been in for him as and we had a conversation with him. He said, I want five grand a week and we said, on your bike. That might be as far as in for him went. But we certainly would have had conversations, I think, for how heavily we were linked with him. Halaki, again, we were linked quite heavily with him. We were probably, I bet you we chatted to five goalers that we thought could come in as number one. Do you think, do you think that conversation changes now? So, so say, for example, we, we spoke to, we'll use Halaki as the example because Blackman's obviously not going to move on now, mm-hmm. uh, six months into a deal, unless someone's offering him big money and paying decent amounts. So, so say Hedlacki, say we went in for him in January, in, in the summer and said to him, 
we, we're interested. Ipswich went, we're interested in letting him go. This is the fee. We spoke to the player. He went, I'm on 10 grand now. I want six, for example. We then ended that conversation there and went, thanks, thanks, but no thanks. Mm. Do you think we we undervalue the goalkeeping position in that sense and go back in January and go, say, I don't, say a good goalkeeper stops the first the first one at, at um, Wickham and stops one at MK and there's a couple of ones where we've looked at the Bristol one and stuff like that. Say so say yeah. say keeper turns you around and gains you an extra five six points in the first half of the season. An extra five points puts us fourth. Yeah, you know what I mean it's it's that tight at the minute. Yeah. Is that worth the difference between Stevens on three? For I'm saying I don't I don't know what he's on, but Stevens on three, yeah, and Pedlaki on five six. Is that worth it in in your eyes now to break the budget maybe to sign to sign the right keeper for the next eighteen months, two and a half years? That's a good question. Um... If you're asking me right now, this mentor at the start of the season, I'd have probably said no. Because I think, as you say, with two points off the playoffs and with a very, very good goalie that makes them safe, we're in the playoffs. If we finish in the playoffs this season, we'd all be over the moon. However, it's too early for me. And I don't think we can afford to go and pay a goalie five, six grand a week at this stage. When we are championship ready and not league one steady to use Carol's words yes we should be and if now we're bringing a goalie in for it's got to be a goalie that's going to be here for two and a half three and a half years maybe it's worth it but I don't think we're looking in the five six grand a week region I think Stevens is probably coming and we're paying and again I'm making figures up I don't think we'll be paying Stevens anywhere near three grand a week I reckon we're probably paying him because Oxford will be contributing we won't be paying all his wage I reckon one and a half to two, and that's me just making things up. That's just my guess, and it's a complete and utter guess without any knowledge whatsoever. I'm going one and a half to two with Payne Stevens. I don't think realistically we're looking at paying a goalie five to six grand a week. I'd be very, I'd be very shocked if a, keep, if a team in our league has let us have a loan player and not we're not covering his wage. That's like... I think if it was a club in the higher league, I think it that that might be a case. But I'd say we've got to be covering his wage. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we'd be covering it all. Do you think Chesterfield are covering all the Lucases? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I'd say Chesterfield. But I think I mean, Flickcroft is very good with his negotiations, and let's be honest, the fact that he got money for Ryan Johnson. You know, and then he flipped it and used it for Connor all. Yeah. He yeah. is a businessman. He does well money-wise. So maybe, maybe. Yeah. And like I say, I, I just, I think with the keeper situation, if Stephen stays, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be upset and I'm, I'm not going to say it's the end of the world. I do agree with you in terms of what you said about the Bristol Rovers and a couple of others and such like that. So I do think there's room for improvement, but at the minute, He's, he's good enough keepers in this league. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, I think back to the Barnsley away game, and Barnsley away made three or four 
absolutely outstanding saves, didn't he? That kept us in that game that allowed us to get the points. He did. The, the, the save he made against Bristol Rovers in the first half, though, where, where he comes out and narrows the angle, yeah, was, was a very good start. So, yeah. I, I'm not... I, I always remember someone saying to me, find me a keeper that's not a good shot stopper and I'll find you a fraud. And it's true. There's not that you will never hear anyone say about a goalkeeper. Oh, he's really good at commanding his area, but he's not. He's not a very good shot stopper. Mm. And I think, I think that the the fact of the matter is, it's your bread and butter to to make saves. So the majority of it, I think, he's fine with the long shots thing. I'd love to see a breakdown of it in terms of a proper analyst having a look and going. Well, it's a mixture of that's not being closed down. This, this was in the way you look at it directly behind and the sun was in his eyes or three it come through three people's legs that them sort of things to find out why why it, keep, it feels like it keeps happening to us yeah yeah i just want from stevens more consistency i want more of the barnsley performances and i don't think we've seen enough of that yet yeah no that, i think i think that's fair it'd be it the keeper situation is going to be a very interesting one, though. I think if Stevens goes back, I can only see it being alone in January. Yeah. Um, I can't see it being a permanent. So I, I think I think that's I think that's where we've got to go. And I also think that we're going to trim the squad a little bit anyway. Yeah, yeah we are. And we may see two or three faces come in as well. Yeah. So, I it, it's it's going to be an interesting January. Um, yes. I just really hope that we find out December after the Morecambe game if if Stevens is going back or not. Yes, or after the Sheffield, you've got Sheffield before the New Year, haven't you? Oh yeah, it's probably I probably have to she- the Sheffield Wednesday game actually. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, I think I think I think we kind of need to know so we know what's kind of happening forest green wise and it's nothing to do with us and again clark's probably not going to tell you because he don't want to do their job for him but no exactly exactly but i've we'll end it in a minute because it's like i'm a year older now when he says past me bedtime and smudges while asleep by now yes um, you got me thinking about goalkeepers that's what you did so that's I says it's my fault it is my fault i've dropped a bollock oh well i say i have veil and sky have but it's causing me Monday night, Peterborough. Yes, Monday night, Peterborough. I'm already booked up for work and I shall be in South Wales that week. Oh, okay. I travel down on the Monday morning. So I shall be watching on Sky that one. Can you, can you not, can you not re- renegotiate and go down Tuesday? No, because I've already put a lot of effort into securing these meetings. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think ringing someone up and going, oh, if football on Monday night is going to going to cut it really is it although to be fair the one I'm meeting first on Tuesday morning you know I rang him started talking to him he went talking to you makes it feel like I'm back at home I said where are you from then originally he says Newcastle underline and now lives in South Wales and you know we got talking and he says oh yes I'm a massive Port Vale fan so actually he'd probably be alright with it but he isn't the only meeting I've got there yeah fair enough so um, hey and said he isn't sure he understands, he's just told me. All right, okay, bloody Sky. Yeah. But anyway, at least it's on Sky, so I shall watch either in my hotel room or I'll go find a bar and 
Neath, I think I'll be staying or somewhere around that area to watch it. If you get ch- if you get, get a chance, go find Lee Trundle. He plays yeah. still. Yeah. Scoring yeah. goals at 412. I guess yeah. he fancies six months. Yeah, could do. Could do. I'd, I'd still take him. Now, stand in the area, Lee. You'll do a job. Yeah. Go for it. Right, Johnny, wrap us up. I'm getting bad. Well, before we do, hit me up when you start in 11 if it happens. It's not going to happen, so there you go. Stevens, I am going. I think Jones is injured. So I'm going. Why do you think Jones is injured? Because he went off injured against Bristol Rovers, and Clark wouldn't talk about it in the post match. He said it's too early. He didn't, so, look, he didn't look very injured in the TikTok. I haven't got TikTok. Well, I haven't got TikTok either, but we put something on Twitter today about Crosby doing the crossbar challenge. Oh. Um, yeah, well, they, they haven't they haven't shown it yet. It's put your guesses in, and then they'll release the video. But Brad Walker was on there as well, so it could it could just be injury FC working together, and that's why they've used them players. But uh, could be. no, I I think Jones is injured, so I'm going for Smudgy in the middle, Forrest to one side, Hall the other. Benning was a wing backs or right and left in midfield. Garrity Conlon. See, I feel harsh on Pet. I think Pet deserves his chance, but I think we're sticking Garrity Conlon. In fact, no, I'm going Pet and Conlon because I think Pet deserves his chance. I'm then playing Garrity behind the front two because I think we go back to two up front with one behind. And I feel harsh on Butterworth there, but he didn't play against Bristol, although he did well when he came on. And then Alison Willow up top, knowing that. Alice probably only have an hour any. And Butterworth can come on then. Fair enough. What are you doing? Um I'd be saying Forrester Smith and Jones. Um I don't I'd say I don't think Connor did enough. Um Jones carry on in the middle or you're moving him to the left? I think I'd I I think I'd move him to the I'd actually see him carry on in the middle, personally, for me. Mm. But I know that people are a bit sketchy about then having a right footer on the left-hand side. And I know Clark, he seems to like the balance it brings. Yeah. But, but for me, it doesn't. I think if you're good enough, you should be able to use both feet. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and then was and... Yeah, wasn't Benning as your wing-backs. Me would be petting... Garrity with Butterworth behind, mm. um, but that's not going to happen. Tom Conlon starts, we know that. Um, so I think it'll be Conlon and Garrity with Butterworth behind the front two, um, and it's got to be a front two, or else don't play one of them. Because yeah, I agree. Agree. I feel like if we're going to play three, I'd prefer to see Massey on the right. Willow on Willow down the middle and Butterworth or Politic on the left and then Harrison come on at fifty minutes and get four, get get fifty minutes of Willow and forty of Harrison in. Um because I think both are effective in that centre and both need probably a bit of looking after. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, so that's that that's where I'd be going, and I think where Clark will lean. 
we've definitely got to go back to two up front if we can. Is 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 my main thing. If, if yeah. we can, we we've got to. So, but I'm I'm confident four 0 victory. I, I feel it. Willow Willow with the got with the first and. I, I, I hope Nathan Smith finishes the, the goal scoring off at four and then goes and finds John, big John Coleman. Yeah, would love that. But yeah, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. If, if the game is called off, um, I say if, when the game is called off, um, you can go drown your sorrows a couple hours later when Johnny's bar does open on the Friday. Yes. Uh, he will probably be closing up about now as we're recording. Yes, on the Thursday. Well, yeah, but if it is cold off because it's freezing, get yourself in there. He's got a nice, roaring fire he'll have going, so it'll be nice and warm in there. Yeah, that's it. You can spend your Friday night with, with, with in Johnny's bar then to drown your sorrows, and then spend your Saturday in there. He'll have soccer Saturday on. You'll have the darts on. That yep, starts yep. tonight. That has started tonight. So, yeah, he, he'll have every, everything that you need in there, including... Fire, like Bez has just said, it's yeah. bloody warm in there because it's not that big. Yeah, so. beautiful, beautiful, and the darts will be on because he's now got sky. Lovely stuff. Well done, Johnny. Yeah, get yourselves in there for everyone. But yeah, other than that, enjoy yourself. We'll have um, hopefully have a review out Saturday night, uh, Sunday night. Sorry, because you're going out this Saturday, so enjoy that. I'm out all day Sunday as well. Oh, yeah, you're out all day Sunday. Bloody hell, you are. Well, we'll hopefully have a review out at some point over the weekend, bezless, by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it will. But you'd have to wait for Monday for me, to be fair. Yeah, but like Bez says, he he he, he thinks, like the weather, it's, it's a minus chance of being on. I do. Um, and we'll find out at 2 o'clock tomorrow that you might have just wasted an hour and 20 minutes of your time listening to his ramble. But um, you haven't wasted it because you've had a chat with Rye. And you go and go get his album. Yeah, you go and enjoy yourself. Buy buy some new music if you don't know who they are. You know, enjoy your Saturday, and you're going to avoid going shopping with the missus and the kids, Steve. Again. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, he, he, even when you've got a mansion, you can't you can't get out to that one, can you? Can't. It can't. But overall, enjoy your enjoy your weekend. Um, hopefully it's bail filled, but if it's bailless. Do something that makes you happy and have an ale and up the veil. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. So, it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again, and now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking at who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we are. 
we go. So automate delivery on on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.